0: So I spend 30% of my time just creating TikToks. I now spend 20% of my time with brands. So I try and reach out to 10 new brands a week and I get brand deals through Instagram and TikTok messaging me. So that's part of it. Um, And that's where you get the most money to start.
1: Have you ever wondered what it takes to build an audience and then a business using TikTok? The fact is, that the idea of what a social media influencer is today is quite different to the early days of influencers. And the path to building a business based off you, your content and your personality is really available to anyone, everyone. But there is some secret sauce and that's what we're going to learn more about in today's episode. The world of video marketing for business is changing and I don't want you to get left behind. G'day, I'm your host, Ben Amos, and welcome to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you the best in the world of video marketing, content creation, business growth strategy, and storytelling, along with practical tips, insight, and knowledge that you need to grow as a confident video strategist and build profitable businesses. Let's get on with the show. G'day, and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. This is is episode 249 and I only just realized as I've just (laughs) hit record on this episode introduction is that next week is episode 250 and I probably should have thought ahead and maybe planned something special for next week's episode and maybe I will so let's just see I haven't thought about it but let me know reach out to me podcast at engagevideomarketing.com if uh, there's some ideas that you have about episode 250. Now in last week's episode with Dennis Yu, we dove deep into the world of TikTok as an ads platform. And we talked about strategies for considering content creation for businesses in a way that's native to TikTok. But today I wanted to turn the tables a little bit for you and look at the other side of TikTok and explore the world of TikTok creators and influencers, building their audiences and brands on the platform. And in particular, how businesses can consider leveraging other people's audiences through influencer marketing on the platform. I had the true pleasure of speaking alongside today's guest at a recent event here on the Sunshine Coast in Australia. And she was so much fun and full of insights that I had to bring her on the show for you guys today. Known as That British Girl, Jordana Grace is a comedy content strategist. She's a writer, speaker, comedian, and amateur croissant connoisseur. She continually pursues her love of making people laugh, spending her days highly caffeinated, creating comedic masterpieces for various brands and charities through her own company. And she's apparently also incredibly humble. On TikTok, her series, Things That They Should Tell You Before Coming To Australia has become an international hit with tourists and Aussies alike, and even created a course on how to move to Australia to help people around the world move to what she calls paradise. And I have to say, I agree too. The Australian public has embraced her dry British humour with open arms, even though she keeps questioning their ways. <laughs> yeah, of course, Jordana wrote that introduction. so. I'm sure you're getting a bit of a sense of what her humour is all about. So enough from me though, let me introduce you to that British girl, Geordie Grace. Jordana, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: I'm excited for this chat um, because as I said in the introduction there, uh, we actually spoke at an event together here on the Sunshine Coast not too long before this recording and well, number one, I was, I was kind of really fascinated by your story and particularly the role that TikTok's played in in your growth of your personal brand, but I also just really enjoyed the insight that you shared around what's going on behind, you know, the business case behind TikTok for you and, and that role of influencer and so on. So that's what we're going to dive into today, which I'm excited about, but for people that haven't heard of Jordana Grace or That British Girl and haven't come across you on TikTok, or Instagram. uh, I'd love for you to just give us a little bit of an insight into who you are and what you do.
0: Okay. Well, yes, I'm known as Jordana Grace on Instagram and on social media, which is hilarious because most people just call me Jordan. They think it's like Jordan A. Grace, but it's Jordana. Uh, I also go by Jordy. I basically went on TikTok about two years ago, just filming videos about things they should tell you before coming to Australia, because I came to Australia just before COVID then got stuck here and even though I'm half Australian I just noticed there were these huge differences between my UK life and my now Australian life and so I just started making this comedy series on the differences and it just blew up and went viral and so I've done different styles and videos and niches but my Aussie content is just something I love to do and I have such a great community that I engage with about all the things I do so yeah that's why that's who I am.
1: Excellent. So, now over 250,000 uh, followers, I think is the right terminology for TikTok. Is that right? Did I get that?
0: Is it called followers? Yes, followers. Like, I, I think we can call the community, but yeah, it's followers.
1: Cool. So, loads of people following you on TikTok. I'm interested, did you kind of stumble into it or, or was it something that you just... Did you have a bit of a plan? Like, I'm going to get onto TikTok and I'm going to, you know, do some comedy and hopefully it'll go somewhere. Or did you just muck around?
0: Uh, Literally, had no idea what TikTok was. My 12-year-old cousin got me onto it. And the first video I filmed was in landscape, like the wrong dimension. So I, I had no idea what I was doing. And then it just because of COVID and because everyone was just shut down, you know, you scroll through Instagram, but then I started to scroll through TikTok and I was watching the videos. And because I'm a creative person, TikTok became this outlet where it's like, I have this, because I want to create a comedy sketch show one day and I had all these ideas. I'm like, great, I can just film them. And I put them out there and I was hoping people would film them, but it's only like two, 300 views per video. And so it was a little bit disheartening, but I was like, you know what? All I want to do is just make comedy videos and get ideas out there. Um, I had no intention of, Being on TikTok, I was like, this is just a great way of getting ideas out there because the more ideas I have, I can develop into characters and then write scripts. And then I went viral for this video I did about going to Kmart. It just got shared on Facebook and everywhere. And I was on Apple News on my phone. My mum was like, Geordie, you're above Trump and the news. (laughs) And I was like, what? And I was like, oh my gosh. And I had like thousands and thousands of uh, followers overnight. And since that moment, that's when i just, I realized what videos I did well. And I was like, I'll just ride this wave. And I've been doing that ever since.
1: So maybe just fill us in a little bit, cause I'm not even sure of the answer to this. What was your background prior to, to getting onto TikTok, like uh, you know, career or what were you, what were you into? Was it comedy performing? What was your, what was your story prior to TikTok?
0: Well, I've always wanted to work in production and I've done that in any way, shape or form. I always thought I'd be a TV presenter, but then I found that I like being behind the camera. I like script writing and I was great at producing and coordinating. So I worked in uh, live production for a couple of years in London and then I worked in TV in London and then I just got a bit burnt out. So then I came here and I've, I've always wanted, I've always liked writing comedy. I've done stand up comedy, but TikTok was kind of just like a happy accident. I had no intention of being a follower on, I mean, an influencer on tiktok at
1: all so tell us where you're at now as of the time of this recording in end of june 2022 so i mentioned 250,000 followers on tiktok but what does that mean for you uh you know in your career and your business you know does it make you so much money that you're i don't know traveling the world and kicking back with cocktails and on the beach or you know what's the story now
0: um so this time last year i just done like my first few videos, my first two months, I grew 50,000 followers in two months. It was insane. Wow. I posted like six videos of nothing and then they just kicked off. Um, and I was looking for a job, so I got a job as a videographer on the Sunshine Coast for a cheese company. I basically just filmed cheese, it was great. Mm. So I got to eat the cheese, delicious. Um, but then yeah. But then I took, um, it wasn't kind of like I just grew overnight. There are people, Aussie Aussie, uh, creators that have way bigger followers than me. But because I created a brand that was like PG because I don't want anything to be, I don't want to create a video that my little cousins can't see. So everything is PG. And when I started, uh, I started getting, for example, this spa was like, do you want to come and do a video? I was like, my gosh, I love spas. So I was doing that for free. And then I was getting sent free freebies. And I was like, I'll do a video on it. And I'm, I've always wanted to put hundred percent into everything. And then I realized I could be making money from this. So then I started saying, thank you. But this is, I I had to Google it. Like what fee would I get for having 50,000 followers? And then, um, around Christmas I had, uh, I know I think last March last year I'd had 70,000 followers. And then beginning of this year, I had 100,000. Now I have 230, but on Instagram I have nearly 30,000. So it's like two, 260 or together. So I don't live off it yet, but I have actually become a full-time content creator. I manage social media accounts for other people. But like when I get good brand deals, I can, you know, I make up a month's worth of what I did before sometimes less, but when you start to monetize it properly and have affiliate links and everything, you can see how creators can make good money doing this.
1: Yeah. Awesome. So I want to, I want you to talk to many of my listeners of this podcast are videographers, video producers, you know, much like some of your experience in the past as well. So I think you kind of get us a little bit, right? So for those, maybe they're running a small video business or they're a solo freelance videographer or something like that, that maybe have considered TikTok and what role can that help in growing my business or my brand or attracting more customers to what I do. If you think about that content creator, that TikTok creator, what advice would you give them? Because I think we tend to get into our own heads of like, it needs to be highly produced. We need to get our top quality cameras out and, you know, script and write things and, you know, beautifully edit it. But I think all of us know that that's probably not the right mindset to have on TikTok. So can you talk to that listener about how they should be thinking about TikTok?
0: Yeah, well, think of TikTok as basically it's um, a window into your life. People want to connect with people. Um, The best piece of advice I ever got was a friend saying to me, just accept your first video will be rubbish. And then once you've accepted that, you can make it and then make your second your third and you will get better. And I understand that if you're a videographer, you're like, I'm going to have it in 4K and do this and that and time editing. But a lot you can spend like a couple of hours editing one video and it gets hardly any views, but you can walk into a supermarket and point something out that's weird. And that can go viral. So I think look at TikTok as, yes, there should be a strategy behind it, but kind of also go with the flow. If you see a trend that you can just hop on, uh, they say hop on a trend like just, I did one the other day, it was 10 o'clock at night and I saw a video and I stitched it basically, meaning that I took the first part of their video, then I added my ending on. And overnight got 50,000 views and it was 10 o'clock at night. It was late, but it was just so casual. I think a, a lot of, when it comes to brands and adverts and stuff, I think the audience is just tired of adverts, unless they're quite funny and quirky. I think people want to have, the realistic stuff. So if you're a brand and be like, this changed my life, get someone to talk about it, nonchalant, how it works in your day-to-day life, less salesy and more who you are. So I would recommend definitely jump on TikTok because whatever videos you make on TikTok, you can use on Instagram and YouTube shorts and put on LinkedIn and Pinterest and just imagine having fun with it because it can be a lot of pressure, but take a trend and see where it takes you or an idea.
1: So do you, do you reckon for businesses, for people running businesses who are thinking of TikTok as a marketing strategy, which, you know, it can be, it can also be fun as well, right? A content creation strategy. But um, for those that are thinking about driving business results with TikTok, w- what balance do you think there is between strategy, as you say, and serendipity, you know, just going with the flow and playing, having fun?
0: Uh, I think, I think you can like you can have the serendipity moment planned in. That makes sense. So, um, for example, my Tik my Instagram has grown. I've grown uh, twenty thousand followers in four months just because people from my TikTok go to my Instagram, or I'm reusing my TikToks on Instagram. It's like multi-purpose your content. When it comes to TikTok, because you can get very overwhelmed, especially if you already run a business, you're like, now I've got to add on TikTok. Like for me, everyone's like, you should go on Pinterest. I'm like. I don't have time for Pinterest, but I think if you look at TikTok and be like, okay, we're going to put 20% of our time into creating videos and trying that out. Um, and then plan that in, like, for example, plan in scrolling time, you'll quickly see what, like in 20 minutes, what trends are working. And like, for example, you can save all those videos that you like in a folder and then plan in time to film and script. And then you just basically go back to all those videos. Be like, Right. I've got some ideas. Let's film them in an hour, and you can plan in. So plan in time to just research and scrub. I think for a lot of businesses, it can do very well. It can be very frustrating for a lot of people that you're not growing. But I think it depends on the style. And for example, a lot of people want to have a face to the brand. So sometimes, if it's just products, it may not do as well. But there's a woman on TikTok who just does cleaning cleaning and house tips you never see her face even though she's gorgeous when she does show her face but it's kind of short snappy like three ways to revolutionize your home and she has massive brand deals from that she never shows her face and they're quick and snappy videos so again like i think if you plan in time to scroll and research then plan in time to film i think you can try and fit it in your businesses as an experiment and then take any of those videos onto other platforms
1: So I think the interesting thing is with this idea of strategy is that I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but because TikTok is still relatively new in in a business sense is that often you don't know what's going to work until you just start putting stuff out there. Right. And I think if you don't allow for some of that serendipity, then. You kind of, it's hard to develop a strategy when you're just sitting down with, I don't know, a blank piece of paper or a spreadsheet and trying to plan for what's going to work for you on the platform. I'm interested to hear from you, Jordi, What, how was how moments of serendipity in, in your own content you've, as you've released it? further kind of informed your strategy moving forward. Does that make sense? Because I I know that there has been, I'm just like looking through your TikTok, for example, Um, there are Mm. certain videos that seem to have just exploded. I don't know if you planned for that, right? But then I see that you lean into that and you do more of that. So is is that the way you think about it?
0: Uh, Yeah, so I was struggling for a long time because I always wanted to create original content and have a new idea every day. And then the things I've learned, the biggest tips is um, I take, so obviously you figure out what your niche is. And like, for example, my niche is Australia, like travel, lifestyle. And so on TikTok, you can like Google SEO, type in, I so I typed in Australia, moving to Australia. And I looked at all the top performing videos of that. And I looked at the style. So I do one idea, three different ways. So I did an idea where, for example, in the UK, we have our washing machine in the kitchen. And Australians are like baffled by that. So I took that one idea and did it three different ways. I did it, um, I did it. for example, talking to camera, just explaining the story. And then I did one where I call text on screen, where it's kind of like, it's like, I play two people and it's at back and forth and it's just text on screen, no audio, just fun playing music. And then I would do a trend sound to that. So one idea, three different ways, but I do that now, but from just scrolling and looking at it, I was like, this video has done really well. What about it? So there's a girl, uh, American in Italy, um, and she is very similar to me, but she's American in Italy, and I'm a Brit in Australia. I was looking at what were her best performing videos, and I was like, okay, that's the style to do. So I do a lot of the text on screen. So now every idea I have, I make sure I do that video, and that video always performs really well because it's that dynamic storytelling. And even when I was looking at other people that use the same idea, they're not as... Engaged, maybe they're not as animated, but the videos still do really well. So I hope I'm answering the question. But yeah, it's it's taken a lot of time just scrolling. But now I understand what works for me. And then in a month or two, I basically review all my content, look at my best performing videos, and then I just go over it again. Like, okay, what are my best performing videos? What do they have in common? And then I start the creative process again.
1: Yeah. So I like that. So what I think I'm hearing you say is that you you try what you think is going to work, but then you respond to what does work and what your audience responds to, right? And I think that that's just good marketing strategy, regardless of platform is, <laughs> if you are paying attention to to the data that the platform's giving back to you and that your audience is responding to and, and then adapt and refine your strategy from there. And I think TikTok's no different. It might move a lot faster, right? But um, yeah. I think at the end of the day, if you're if you're thinking about, you know putting content out there regardless of strategy and then just responding to to what's working right and doing more of more of that i think that's a that's a good strategy to to go with
0: yeah i just think i was always trying to just i was making it too hard for myself being like i need a new idea every day and then i was like i'll do the same idea three different ways it just took the weight off for all this idea creation cuz i post a video every day if not more but then when i when i just did research of everyone in my niche that, what are their best-forming videos? And some were similar to mine. Some were different, and like some were like mine were close. Like I looked at some videos of like the text on screen. Like why didn't that do well? And I was like, maybe the the text could have been snappier. The cuts in between could be quicker. And that's just stuff you've learnt. So again, by scrolling, doing a little bit of research, and then reviewing my own content, I was like, okay, I did not the ones that have done really well. I didn't expect, but now I do those all every idea I do a text on screen, and what. My now trick is, is that I do a text on text on screen video, and then I wait to film the piece to camera. Because what's amazing is that your audience and the followers they'll comment on the video and they give you more ideas. Hmm. So basically, like if you're a, if you're a company or a brand and you post a video, what is your audience saying? How are they engaging with you? And then like that's an idea. And you could do like a video on every single idea, or like then I'll film the piece to camera with these ideas in mind. Like this is what people are responding to. This is what they find interesting. So it's like if you if you plan it out, you, ideas just keep on coming.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's cool. So at what stage do you think someone who is creating on TikTok can consider making a business out of it or monetizing it? Like when I say making a business, it might not be like full time straight away, right? Probably isn't going to be. But, yeah. you know, considering your content creation as a business, and, and at what stage do you think a creator can start to think that way? Is it a number of certain number of followers or should you consider that from the start or what are your thoughts on that?
0: Um, I think sometimes when it becomes a numbers game, I think you can very easily compare yourself to someone else and be like, oh, they have a million and I only have 500,000. I'll wait until I get then. And I think sometimes you can you can freak yourself out with how many numbers you have. Like there are people in my niche, who have like the blue tick and they have the third followers I have. but. I don't understand why some people do, some people don't, but they're like consistent in their niche. So um, I think when it, com- like when it comes to full-time content creation, it's. Uh, I spoke with a mentor recently and she goes, okay, what's your goal and how much you want to make a month? And I was like, it's this. And she goes, okay, how are we going to do that? And so we broke it down. So I get most of my money from brand deals, but I want to start going away from brand deals because half my brand deals contact me, half of them I contact them. But by the time you've negotiated got the deliverables, edited, filmed, got it back to them, and then been paid. It could be months. So it can be a lot of effort and mental game. I think ideally with a content creator, yes, you should have a good amount of followers does work. And also, while TikTok is amazing, I find that a lot of brands want you to be big on multiple platforms like YouTube um, or Instagram and TikTok. So I would advise while you're growing, start looking at your other social media because if one's taken away – like, like you have an email list and it's like a great idea. It's always good to build that up. But um, a, a ways that people make money is I have, like you optimize your bio, which you can have like Instagram and TikTok. And then you can have um, a link tree. I have a link tree and then I have like, I have a consulting, I have uh, products I recommend, adventures I recommend. So that's one way to make money. And there's brand deals. I want to try and answer this question the best I can. So um, I think... I don't think you necessarily have to have a large amount of numbers, but I think it's about who your brand is, um, what you can offer the brand in return. Like if you have high engagement with followers, if you have, like if you're PG or you have a good reach, um, like for example, a lot of Aussie companies want me to have a strong Australian brand. And I've been doing brand deals since I've had 70,000 followers and now I'm on 230. But I think the more, the more followers you have, the bigger price you can negotiate but it all depends on how many views your video gets. So I think if you want to think about being a full-time content creator, I would look at where you are now, um, and then maybe kind of start it on the side. And then when you know that you're making enough, then I say you can try and take the leap. It is really scary, and that's what was really scary for me. But it's it takes a when I was going to say it takes a lot of time doing content creator. So if if you're a business. It can be really overwhelming the idea of I have to create all these videos and do all this content, but um, I don't necessarily think you need to have a massive following. But it does help. I found that the more followers I get, the more I can negotiate a higher price. Um, like the more Instagram followers I get, has really helped with brand deals as well.
1: Yeah, I think um, it, there's two different ways to think about it, right? There's there's the idea of, of being a creator and then developing a business from from that engagement that reach that audience that you build, which that's yes. that kind of influencer pathway or personal brand pathway. But then there's also the other way of thinking about thinking about it, which is the established business, which is using TikTok or leveraging TikTok to further grow their business and sell more product or service or whatever it may be. So and I do want to explore both with you, but let's let's just steer towards that first one for that that person who's creating content on on TikTok and, you know, is thinking how can I perhaps make a business out of this, right? Um, You mentioned moving away from brand deals. So what other forms of monetization, I guess, is there? Because unless I'm wrong, TikTok, you know, as opposed to YouTube, isn't paying you for ad revenue, Right. So,
0: no, what, not at all. Can
1: you run us through maybe just top level some of the ways you can monetize your TikTok audience?
0: Okay, so TikTok, yeah, TikTok doesn't pay Australian. Um, I think the only or Canadian. I think they only really pay English and American. Maybe not English, but even then, it's not high. And TikTok, for example, is encouraging followers to pay creators. And I think it's very cheeky because on the other side of it, YouTube, I think, puts half its fund into their creators so when i think about my business now like being a full-time content creator um i kind of put my mind aside and been okay so 30 percent of my week has to be creating tiktoks like creating regular videos because the big thing as well as a business i was going to add on that it's about how people recognize you i'm called that british girl because that's what people yell at me on the street (laughs) like you're that british girl from tiktok and that's where the name came from but they know that I give ideas. I think you need to have, a, a, regardless of how many followers I have, it's about the reputation you give. What can people say about you? Um, so I spend 30% of my time just creating TikToks. I now spend 20% of my time with brands. So I try and reach out to 10 new brands a week. And I get brand deals through Instagram and TikTok messaging me. So that's part of it. Um, and that's where you get the most money to start but then another part of it is affiliate marketing. So you can sign up to, like, for example, Booking.com. I have Experience Oz, so I recommend surfing lessons and things like that. So I've done it myself and I love it. In skydiving, I have um, travel companies like Global Work and Travel. I highly recommend them. And so that's one side of it. But then, for example, unless you're pushing those affiliate links with your videos, you may not get affiliates through that. Then you can do consulting, like I've, I did um, some consulting recently on how to grow on TikTok with this woman. And it was lovely. You can do, uh, like, for example, there's different uh, platforms like the Stan Creator Store where you can put one-on-ones and in, in Google meetings and stuff there. And then I spent, I try to put 50% of my week into what I think will make me money long term. And so I've created a course on how to move to Australia because it's where I'd want to spend more of my time talking to people, and helping people move once i've created a course then i'm just managing it and then i can start create youtube videos we you get a lot more money and it's better for affiliate links that way or for example you create courses or you start with merchandise but um yes you've got merchandise affiliate links you can do courses consulting like one-on-one um affiliate links and sponsorships Do i miss any
1: well, it sounds like a pretty exhaustive list there, and I think um, what I'm hearing you say there is is really it's monetizing, like on any platform, monetizing your audience needs to take a whole bunch of different forms. You need to divert, diversify, right, um, to be successful in that in yes. that regard. So, yeah, awesome, love it. I want to flip the script a little bit and talk from the other side of of the perspective here of businesses who are looking to leverage. TikTok to grow their business. Now, on last week's episode of the podcast, uh, I interviewed Dennis Yu, who wrote a book about TikTok advertising. And we talked quite extensively around using TikTok as a platform to, you know, drive genuine real business results. But I'm interested to explore with you, Geordie, the idea of businesses not growing their own TikTok audience, but leveraging others with audiences to grow their business and you could call that influencer deals or you call that brand deals or, you know, other things like that. But, you know, how do you think brands should be thinking about using TikTok creators to get their message out there? Is there a, is there a, a right and a wrong way to think about it?
0: Okay. Well, if you were going to the wrong way, I think if you were going to approach an influencer is like, make sure you get their name Right. Like if you're going to mass message all these influencers, it doesn't work. That's like one wrong way. Like just get their name right. or
1: Simple things first. Simple
0: things. I I get a lot of messages from brands and they either, I get spelling my name wrong because that does happen, but they'd be like, Hey there, Hey you, I love your content. And I'm just like, immediately you're lying because that's a generic message. I think if you're a brand looking to work with influencers, there's different ways you look at it. For example, if someone approaches me and says, I want you to create content but not for your page. We want you to create a video that goes on our page. In some ways, as an influencer, I'm like, okay, I don't have to, like, you don't, I wouldn't charge them for using my platform because then also I'm not having an ad on my platform that goes on yours. It's kind of nice that way. So it's like you're creating content for that brand and you can have an ongoing brand deal to just keep creating content for their platform. But a lot of time brands want to work with influencers, especially in TikTok, because our brands are so big, like I have quite a big reach and a strong Australian audience. And the best thing about TikTok is, is that you can, you can get viral videos, you can get mass, mass views and you can reach so many different people. Um, so I think when you're working with, if brands want to work with influencers, I think it's like just research kind of that influencer. Um, why do you want to work with them? Is it their content or their style and what kind of have in mind what your deliverable is? Do you want to have a funny advert like that they've created because like for example I'm a comedy creator so I create a comedy advert and I love that but you may want someone to do a review like an unboxing you know like I've tried this skincare product and things like that And I think the big thing is with the um with brands now it's like if you send something that they've never tried before and they advertise it people are like how can they love this skincare range if they've just got it you know it's um kind of work with brands like influence me like I could see this influencer using that and then the audience would trust them; they would believe them. Um, is there anything else I can add, add on to that? I think with, I think it's just creating that relationship with the influencer because the influencer, for example, do they have exclusivity? Like if, um, a, like a, I have a British company that wants to work with me, and then I got an email from another British company that are competitors, but like the first one, like neither of them said exclusivity, so I could work with them both. There's no, like, there's no big deal because yeah. they've not asked that or paid for that. So I think if you're a brand, you've got to think of paying to put it on their platform. You're paying for creation. you Are Are you going to pay for exclusivity? And then how long is it going to be on there for? And then comment management. Like, for example, it's not just creating a video. It's then engaging with the audience afterwards and being like replying to comments and keeping that video active. Because I can post a video. I posted a video a couple of weeks ago, and then it just hit a couple of million because you go back and forth tr- 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 strategically to answer comments because then people go like, ah, oh, this person replied and they go back to the comments. So you can keep a video going because if I, if someone asks me to put a video on my page, in a week it's already halfway down because I post so much content. So it's about there's a lot more to creating a video and posting on TikTok than just film a video for me. It's got a lot more things you want to think about.
1: And where do you think brands that are maybe new to this how can they figure this stuff out? Is it best to go through some kind of a influencer agency or something like that, or ask the creator, you know, what they would do for you? Like, is it about that sort of open communication or would you, as a brand, just expect that the brand knows what they want? Like, what's your thoughts on that?
0: Um, in some ways I always, because I had to Google how to be a content creator. I had to Google how to um, pitch um how to uh i create um i got someone to create a contract for me so you assume that they know what they're doing but i think some of the best conversations i've had with brands is like on a call like sometimes someone will dm me on instagram yeah. and be like hey we'd love to work with you do you have an email I'm like sure email me across and then we have this back and forth and that's when you can waste so much time because as a content creator now i know what to ask i could go Hi, what are your deliverables, i.e., um, what's your budget? Because then you get a rough idea of how much they want to spend. Um, how long do you want the video to be? Where do you want it posted? Because do you want to post on TikTok and on Instagram and on like stories and this? Uh, do you want exclusivity? And on TikTok, yeah, like, Instagram is paid partnership, and then TikTok, it's like there is paid partnership as well, and you have to have hashtag ad. And do you want to pin the video to the top of my feed? If it's like um, I had a link for a TV company. And for example, I would add that link into my link tree. So I think if you're a brand just starting out, you just sometimes, if you put it into TikTok, like influencer deals, there are actually a lot of creators on TikTok talking about how brands can do it. So you can actually research it. But I think as a brand, if you just jump on a call with an influencer, then you get to check out their vibe. Like, what are they going to be like to work with? Because I'm not saying influencers are all perfect. They're not. There are some awesome ones, some not so great. But if you go, look, this is what we love to do. We'd love to jump on a call. And then, because if a brand came up to me and were like, had no idea what to do, then I'd be like, I've got some great ideas. Let's talk back and forth. And then you kind of negotiate a deal. So I would just see, I would in, email over who, they, who you are as a brand, the idea of what you're looking for. I'd also, for example, if you're a brand, if you have no idea what you're looking for, r- look on TikTok for videos that you do like and be like, I like this style. And then add them in the email, be like, we like these videos. So then I get an idea of what you like and what you're expecting. And then have a phone call. It can be a quick 20-minute phone call and then you can decide if you want to work with that person.
1: Yeah, I love that. It's about openness. It's about transparency, you know, and that's the, the start to any good business relationship or, in fact, any relationship at all, right? Yeah. And I think the, the other thing that you said there around, you know, getting clear on deliverables, whether you're clear – before you contact the influencer or not, making sure that you are super clear on deliverables uh, when you are coming to that agreement or, or that deal. And I also recognise and and appreciate what you shared there around the deliverables aren't just the the piece of content, right? I, I love that you talked about the engagement, you know, engaging in the comments, putting links in your your bio or your or your profile description and, and all of those things all up, make up part of a deal potentially, right?
0: Yes, there's so many little things. And, for example, I work with so many brands and they're just like, make sure you add in hashtag FYP, which means for you page, and like put link in bio and stuff on the screen. But TikTok actually reads that information so they don't like it. So I, I have different ways, for example, like I'll say at the end of the video, comment your favorite X, like Y Z, so then people commenting, but then I might have an arrow pointing at my um at my bio so people go check this. Because I say link and bio, TikTok doesn't really like it. There, there's no need to have the hashtag FYU page. You just need to have three niche hash hashtags and that's fine. But I think brands are like, we must do this. Like, no, actually don't listen to the influencer because they're doing it all the time. They know what works.
1: Yeah, cool. How do you think that brand should think about Identifying the right influencer for them on TikTok because I think for many brands, they might just be thinking, you know, let's just find someone who's in our niche who has the maximum amount of followers, and that's what we're going to go for. Or is there actually value in multiple brand deals with multiple micro influencers or smaller audiences? What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I think if you're a micro influencer, I think you're just starting out, and I think you're a lot more excited to get a brand deal. Whereas I think the bigger you are, the more negotiated it is and the more you have to pay. But I think um, if you, depending on what your budget is, but I think if you kind of Google in, like if you have um, a vacuum cleaner, that's what you sell. Um, I would look up lifestyle influences, um, filter it by, for example, Australia. So you get the Australian ones and then just take a little look and see what kind of vibe that person has and just, See who comes up on your for you page, because the more you research, the more TikTok algorithm works to show those particular people. And then your target audience, if they're on TikTok, ask them who they follow, who they trust. Because um, I, for example, um, I'm on Instagram and that's how a lot of brands find my TikTok and vice versa. It's like, oh, I saw you doing this. So I think you can work with. My, I think, um, for example, there's a there was a food company that contacted quite a few micro influencers. And I think that works for them because in some ways they're not working with the big people. They're working with people that are just starting out and are quite eager. And um, I think it's it's really kind of trial and experimenting. It depends on what your product is. Um, if you want people to do honest reviews, like you could just have a campaign where you just get a couple of people just to do reviews and comment back and it depends what the deliverable is. Like if they want a review video or like a comedy advert video. But um, yeah, I think you don't have to have, I think I was saying before, a massive following to make a big difference. I think it just depends on the style of video that you're looking for.
1: And do you think that there are some kind of uh, things you can observe when you're looking, when you're doing research into influencers to identify how engaged they are with their followers? So I guess what I'm saying here is mm-hmm. not just looking at number of followers or number of views on particular videos but do you feel that there's more value in working with influencers that have loyalty with their loyalty might be the right word i think or just engagement and, re- and building relationships with their their audience
0: yes i like how you keep on narrowing it down because sometimes i might go on a tangent so i appreciate that <laughs> i think yeah i think because if i was a, if i was a brand i was looking at a tiktoker i would look at how they're commenting back on videos, like what their responses to people? Are they responding? Because I get so many re- comments every day on a video, but I try and make sure within the first like 72 hours, I'm commenting as much as I can on a video, responding to people, helping out. And then for example, it's not just the videos, like um, red flags, I think just to look for is, which are they commenting back? Are they kind? Um, are they doing videos where like, where is their integrity? Are they just doing their niche and that's it because then that's quite safe? Or do they have like big blowout videos where they're like angry? I'm not saying that happens, but obviously yeah, how much they're engaging and talking to the community. Um, what are people saying to them? Are they saying like, I love your content. I've been following it for a long time. And if you can catch that person on a live, it's a bit hard because you can go on a live at any point. But then you can see how they interact with people. Um yeah, I would see what people are saying mm. to them. I would go over a couple of big videos because sometimes their biggest ones they might have not a chance to respond back. Maybe look at some of their lowest performing, medium and big because like, are they just paying attention on that? Or how are they responding to people? What are people saying back to them? Because on TikTok, actually I found is a really fun and safe place. Everyone is just so nice to me. I feel it's, because I have non none of my content's controversial, but everyone is so supportive. I feel as if, I can say anything. I get feedback. People suggest things. So yeah, I would look at, are they replying to comments? What are people commenting? What's in their link tree as well? Like what things are they advertising? Like kind of what's their brand and their vibe? Like, cause you can go in their link tree. It could be completely obscure. Do they have a blog? Um, what are they saying in that blog? I mean, you might not have time to do all that research, but if you can look at a couple of videos and see what people are saying back, then you know that a video you that they create for you they're going to be kind to the audience. They're going to look after them, and that's what you want. Whatever video you create, as a if you're in a brand deal, you want to know that that creator is looking after that audience and taking care of them. And there's that kind of aftercare. Yeah,
1: I love the way you talk about you talk about that because it obviously reflects the way that you approach your own brand and your own audience with that same level of respect. And I think that, you know, as a, as a brand or a business to think about aligning with an influencer, I think that that is so important not to overlook. It's not just about numbers about vanity metrics or not even vanity metrics. Just, you know, if you are just focused on the numbers and not looking at the who's behind that brand, right. That influencer brand that you're aligning with your business, it can potentially be a disaster I would imagine right particularly yes. if there's a misalignment and I don't think it's easy to overcome that sort of damage that could happen yeah to a brand so hopefully you haven't seen any of that before I'm <laughs> sure it hasn't happened with brands that have worked with you but I can see it could happen
0: yeah well I think that's also I think a good point to bring up um how how creators respond to troll comments obviously you've been trolled it's awful but are are they competing back and forth are they fighting each other because in America, you get paid per view. So it pays as an American creator to fight back your troll because the troll comes back and it's another view and it's another view. But um, yeah, I would look at, for example, how yeah, you right. influence it, handles. If they just ignore it, that's fine. But if they come back with a fight, that's one thing. If they come back with a kind of a neutral tone, you're like, okay, this is someone that is level-headed. Because obviously an influencer puts so much of them into a video And I think that's what kind of you want to look for someone that is genuine and kind. I'm not saying they're going to respond well to every troll comment, but there's little things that you can look for to get the vibe of someone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I think that um, this conversation would at least have prompted the idea for for businesses out there to start considering the role of of TikTok and whether it be using TikTok to grow their own business through their own TikTok uh, creation, or whether it be through leveraging other audiences on TikTok through influencers. I think both are very valid ways for businesses to consider the role of TikTok. And mm-hmm. if we add that to our conversation last week around TikTok advertising specifically, then I think, you know, there are opportunities, endless opportunities for businesses to grow using TikTok in 2022 and beyond. So just in closing here, Jordi, I'd, I'd love to just get your... Your ideas, and I know that you're not a video producer, you don't run a video production company, right? But I think you you understand this world a bit and I'd love to hear from you. What role do you think that video production companies, people are used to making videos for their clients and posting them or, or handing it over to their clients to post. Do you think that TikTok is something that we can leverage for our clients or do you think that... We just got to let our clients do their own thing on TikTok and we just focus on making the high-quality content for other platforms.
0: I think uh, production companies can definitely leverage TikTok. I think there is a hard element to it because sometimes, even if you know the right time to post and everything, sometimes a video may not get massive views, but I think just because you create amazing uh, high-quality content, you can always take snippets of that and put it on TikTok. Or, for example, if you're with your client, you create a high quality video for them, I would get them to record uh, like a 30 second video at the end. So you kind of, if you're, if you're a production company, when I was, when I was doing social media in UK, I would film the main video, but then I would ask them for a little piece to camera at the end and it would still be in my control, but I had that little piece and it was connected the, to that piece. And I think, yes, you can give it to the clients, but if you If you like TikTok and you kind of understand it or are willing to engage in it, I think it'd be very exciting for production companies to start taking that on because I think it's a new challenge in its own way, but you can multipurpose one piece of content and make multiple TikTok videos depending on the style of how you do it. And I think it's uh, taking the idea of it doesn't have to be perfect, a TikTok video, it doesn't have to be the most highest quality. I know a lot of people film on their normal phones and upload it to TikTok, but you can just make an off-the-cuff video. So I think it'd be an interesting challenge for production companies. I think it's something they should definitely look into.
1: I'm so glad you said that. I kind of threw that one at you as a bit of a curly question to wrap up here, but I 100% agree with what you said because, you know, I feel that as as video producers and, uh, you know, we have a skill set that can translate to TikTok Mm -hmm. wonderfully around storytelling, around creativity, around understanding visual language and how to communicate something very quickly and very effectively and engagingly. And if we just focus less on the cinematography and more on those skill sets, I think that we can kind of come alongside our clients and help them achieve results with tiktok as well so i'm glad you said that i'm glad we're aligned on that no, so thank you
0: you're welcome it just as you said nail on the head then it's storytelling what production companies do well is they know how to tell a story and that's what tiktok is it's whatever it is you can tell a story on it i met a hot tradie the other day i made three really good videos on it it's just the story i told for each one <laughs> but that's what i think clients need to be taking into account that yeah production companies know how to tell a story and that is key to tiktok
1: Love it, so good, Jordy. This has been this has been really cool. I'm just really starting to wrap my head around TikTok, even though it's kind of been on my radar as a thing for like more than three years, really. But um, you know, I think it's only really becoming a a viable business tool over the last, you know, one to two years. So I think it's about time that that businesses sat up and paid attention. And I appreciate your insights here today. So
0: thank you. If
1: you can maybe let us know, apart from finding that British girl on on TikTok, where, where are people able to track you down and follow what you've got going on?
0: Okay. So I have my website, which is thatbritishgirl.co. That and I'm on Instagram and TikTok as the Jordana Grace. So a very humble tag name, but um, yeah, that's how you can find me on Instagram or TikTok at the Jordana Grace.
1: The Jordana Grace. So if you find another yes, I, Jordana Grace, that is not the Jordana Grace. You need to find the Jordana the, Grace. The only one, yeah. The, the one and only. <laughs> Jordana, this has been awesome. Thank you for joining me here on the show. It's been lots of fun. Thank you, And ben. good luck um, continuing to grow TikTok and providing so much fun and value to your audience all around the world about the craziness that is Australia. So I appreciate you.
0: Thank you very much, Ben. And yeah, I can't wait to hear it when it's out.
1: So there you go, my friends. I hope you got value in hearing Geordie's side of her story and maybe thinking about how you can leverage other people's audiences in any TikTok marketing strategies that you're planning for your clients or for your own business or the other side of this story is about building your own audience on TikTok and just creating content for yourself, for your audience and adding value to the world through the platform. So I encourage you to take some action and at the very least, if you haven't yet, after these last two episodes, I hope that you're encouraged enough to start exploring TikTok as a platform if you're not yet familiar with how the platform works. Okay, so that's it for me for this episode. Next week is 250, episode 250 of the podcast. And I'm excited. If you've been listening for 250 episodes, then well done. Uh, if you're more recent to the show, then welcome. And I appreciate you being part of the engaged Video Marketing community here. Anyway, I will be back next week to add more value to you in your journey to become a more confident video strategist and grow your business and your clients through effective video marketing strategy i'm ben amos from engage video marketing and i'll see you next week